Hey, hey, what's up, guys? It's Jordan with the Laundromat Resource Podcast. This is show number 24, I believe, 24, and I am pumped today. But before I tell you about today, because today is an incredible, incredible show, um, I just, for those of you guys who may follow along with us and might be listening to this real time as they come out, you may have noticed that we didn't have an episode last week, and I just want to give you a little heads up as to why that was. That will not be a regular occurrence. I'm very committed to getting these things out on time. However, right now I'm running this whole show off my laptop and I dropped it um, and I could not get an episode out. Uh, I tried a bunch of different things to scramble to get it out and it just wasn't going to happen. And I contemplated putting out a shorter episode from my phone or something like that. And you know what? I just decided I'm just going to wait. I don't want to have a rushed last minute podcast episode. Waste your time. Um, and so... I just decided to not do it. So that's why there wasn't an episode. Don't get used to it because we'll be out here. In fact, we already have a couple, a few of them lined up here, um, ready to go. And I don't plan on dropping this uh, laptop anymore. <laughs> um, but I would love to line up even more and get even more uh, ahead. That way we can just crank these suckers out uh, on time every week, just so you know it's like clockwork. The way it's been up until this last week, um, and again, not planning on letting that happen again. But if you're interested in being on the podcast, this is an awesome opportunity for you. LaundromatResource.com slash podcast guest. LaundromatResource.com slash podcast guest. The link for that will be in the show notes um, and in the description if you're watching this on YouTube down below. Um, uh, show notes you can find at LaundromatResource.com slash show 24. Um, that'll have links to everything we talk about in the show today and uh, just some extra goodies uh, from today's show. So make sure you check that out. Um, but yeah, laundromatresource.com slash podcast guest. If you want to come be a, a guest on the podcast, tell us a little bit about your story of owning laundromats. We want to hear it. Um, we want to hear how you got into the business, what it's been like for you, what lessons you've learned, what wisdom you have to share with us. And uh, man, I get a lot of people who are like, oh, I'm not sure if my story, it's not a big deal. We still want to hear it because you know what? It's always a big deal. If you've gone out and you've bought a laundromat, it's a big deal. Um, and there's uh, something really cool about that. So get over there, laundromatresource.com slash podcast guest. Let's get you on. My goal is to let you have a great time telling your story. We have a lot of fun on here and I hope that comes through uh, in the episodes. Um, today's, by the way, is incredible. I do a lot of coaching um, and consulting for people who own laundromats and uh, people who want to buy their first laundromat. I do a ton of that stuff every week. Uh, almost every day, I'm doing at least one or two coaching calls a day, which is at laundromatresource.com slash coaching. If you're interested, there's a free call you can sign up for. Um, if you're looking for something a little more in-depth, there's some options for that too. Um, but one of the biggest questions I get on these coaching calls, both from existing owners and from uh, newbies who are trying to get into the business is about financing. And that is huge because one of the biggest barriers to entry in this industry is the money, the cost to get in. So I thought, man, let's get this thing answered. I'm going to bring in somebody who just knows his stuff. And so I brought Chris Mahalik, also known as Chris Money, he'll tell you. And the reason for that is he's with he's with Prime Capital. If you haven't heard of him or of Prime Capital before, they finance laundromats. That's what he does. And so I wanted to bring somebody in who knows financing and 
in particular knows laundromat financing. Chris was the man to do it. He came on. He is killer. He did some amazing, amazing uh, stuff in this episode. He's sharing great information. So if you have questions about financing, this is the show for you, whether you're buying a new location, whether you are buying new equipment, this, this show is going to have a ton of value. So make sure you go get a notepad, a pencil, a paper, uh, if that is even like a thing anymore, or, or you know, open up Evernote or your notes app or whatever, some way to take some notes. If you're in the car, you're exercising, take some good mental notes or listen to this again when you can write some stuff down because uh, Chris just really brings a ton of good information. Uh, and what I love about Chris's business model is he really tries to align his interests with our interests as as business owners. And he knows that if we make money buying laundromats, he's going to make money too. And we're all going to win. Um, and I love that. And that comes through crystal clear in this episode. So make sure you stay tuned because we're about to jump into that. But before we do real quick, I got to say a huge welcome to uh, Brian, Daniel and Glenn and all the rest who are brand new to, uh, to this community, the laundromat resource community. These guys came in, introduced themselves in the introductions forum and are just excited to be here. So if you haven't done that yet, go to laundromatresource.com slash forums. Again, all the links are in the description or the show notes, laundromatresource.com slash forums. Click on the introductions forum and let people know who you are. Tell them where you're at in your, in your uh, laundromat journey. Do you own one? Are you looking to own one? Do you own, you know, 37 and you're rivaling Luke Wilford, um, show number 10. Check that one out if you haven't yet. Uh, but wherever you're at in the journey, go introduce yourself because that's where you're going to start to build the community. And once you are part of this community, you start building your network. That's where success is really going to ramp up, get that hockey stick growth where, you know, things are just going to get a lot better for you when we're working together. So, Man, go do that introductions forum. And real quick while we're talking about the forums, I'm not going to highlight any new forum posts because there's always new forum posts kind of going in over there um, about laundromats, about financing, about commercial real estate. Go check those out, laundromatresource.com slash forums. But I just wanted to highlight there's some really cool discussions going right now um, on POS systems on um, whether or not you should add tokens because of this coin shortage debacle that's happening right now. Um, and so the, the token question for all you coin store owners, that's happening over there. Um, at base payment stuff is uh, that conversation's happening. And I think that's a huge one right now is a lot of people are considering going that direction. Um, and also uh, Ronald's ask me anything is still cruising, man. People have questions for Ronald and Ronald, dude, you're doing some awesome stuff. I love that. Ask me anything. Uh, posts that you made. I want to see some more of those from some more of you guys. So go check those out. Go jump into those conversations. Again, it's in the midst of those conversations that we're going to find growth. So go over there, laundromatresource.com slash forums, jump in every week. I want you asking a question and I want you uh, answering a question or contributing to a discussion uh, over there. Because again, that is where we're all going to grow more. It doesn't just benefit you, although it will benefit you, but it's going to benefit the whole community. So uh, head over to the forums, ask a question, answer a question every single week. And you know, if, if, if you're not doing it, then I'm going to have to like record a rap song about asking a question and answering a question. I'm going to make you listen to it on the podcast and it will not be pretty. So 
I didn't want to have to go there, but that's a threat. That's a direct threat. <laughs> All right, never mind. Okay. Um, hey, you know what? I, I'm just so excited about this episode. Chris, money, bringing it about laundromat financing. After this, let's jump right into it. In today's world, if your laundromat is not online, you're losing business. Customers increasingly decide who to trust with their laundry by the quality of your web presence. But creating a professional logo and website that instills trust in potential customers and can be found on page one of Google can be difficult to create on your own and expensive to purchase through a traditional marketing company. As part of our mission to help laundromat owners succeed and find financial freedom through laundromat ownership, we are launching our done for you marketing service tailored specifically for laundromats. After ranking number one on Google with our own laundromat website and consulting with many others to help them do the same, we guarantee that we can build you a professional website that ranks on page one of Google within six months. Our joint expertise in the laundry industry and over 15 combined years in website design and online marketing allow us to offer affordable, transparent pricing for a high quality web presence for your laundromats. You invest so much into providing your customers a quality laundry experience. Don't let anyone miss out on what you have to offer simply because they can't find you online. Let Laundromat Resource Marketing take care of your online presence so you can take care of your customers. Visit laundromatresource.com slash get online today for more information. That's laundromatresource.com slash get online or click on the link in the description. Chris, thank you for coming on. I am super excited you're here. I appreciate it, man. Thank you, Jordan. Me too. Yeah. I, I mean, I get asked all the time. I do like a lot of coaching and I talk to a lot of owners and a lot of people who want to be owners. And I get asked all the time about financing and met you, ran into you and was like, I got to have this guy on. Uh, we had one phone conversation that was supposed to be like five minutes and I, we talked forever and we did. So I'm, yeah, so I'm pretty excited. You are chock full of wisdom and uh, I think you got a lot to offer uh, these guys, but, but, but before we get there, um, cause we will get there. Tell us a little bit about yourself, where are you located and what's your background and some relevant facts about you? Sure. Sure. I went to uh, University of Illinois, got a uh, bachelor's degree in management information systems. So my background originally was technology, right? So of course, when I walk into these locations, I love looking at the technology, the card systems, everything else, um, but morphed into finance. I had uh, not necessarily a minor in economics in college, but I took all the classes to be able to get a secondary degree. Um, so that morphed into uh, getting into the uh, financing industry ultimately. And laundry was one of those things that at a previous organization I got uh, introduced to. And ultimately, over the past 15 years, I've been doing laundry financing for entrepreneurs, more or less specializing in consulting and helping these folks uh, start out in the business, right? Because if they start out in the business and they don't hit a home run with the first location, they're done. It's over. So my background really is uh, helping folks uh, with money, getting them money from our investor. And also one of our niches at Prime is that we use our own money as well uh, to help these entrepreneurs put transactions together, especially in the more challenging scenarios. So it is in my best interest to make sure these people succeed. So I have been only doing on the financing front, laundry financing uh, for the last 15 years. So it's, uh, it's really a nice niche. Uh, recession resistant type of a business. Uh, and if done, you know, you do all your due diligence up front. I mean, really, it's we, we visit the locations, 
And we do everything we can to make sure that these folks hit a home run on the first. And then obviously the goal is to continuously expand with multiple locations. Um, so, you know, like I said, in addition to getting the money for these folks to be able to get into the business, it's really consultative guidance as well. And did you think of this type of scenarios? So that's where we are. So Prime Capital was formed in 2014. Uh, I am the 100% owner of the business. So I have a vested interest to make sure that it succeeds <laughs> and all of our customers succeed. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Well, I love that. And I, I love the uh, consulting angle to it. And I tell people all the time, like, hey, if you find a good lender who knows the industry, they're actually going to be a really good set of eyes on your deals um, because they have their interests are aligned with yours. And so finding somebody like you who knows the industry, who, um, it, but is coming um, from a consulting uh, angle is, I mean, that's like gold. That's like finding gold. When I first got into the industry, I did not hit a home run. Uh, I struck out real bad and it's, it's tough, man. I tell people all the time, like, Hey, you know, get in, get in right. Because if you get in right, your options are limitless. You're going to the moon. But if you get in wrong, it's really, really hard to recover uh, from that. So having somebody on your team like you uh, to come in and not only help with the financing aspect of it, but also somebody who knows the industry, who's seen lots of deals, who knows how to um, you know, make sure these things are successful is invaluable. So Yeah. No, and one of the uh, individuals that was on your second podcast is Dave Menz who yep. is out there as the laundromat millionaire out there, you know, and, right. and we were one of the folks that helped Dave originally uh, trying to get him into the business and, uh, you know, multiple store owner now um, looking to help people out. He's one of the advocates for the business and can't say enough good things about Dave, but if Dave didn't start out on the right foot with the right location up front, uh, it wouldn't have happened. So, um, you know, also too, it's kind of funny. Like uh, we were talking earlier, Jordan, about names, you know, my name is Chris Mahalik. One of the things like Dave calls himself the laundry mat millionaire out there and markets himself as that. Uh, there are some folks that call me Chris Money too. So if the name is too too challenging, just say, let's touch base with Chris Money. Chris Money. I like that. I like that. Here's what it needs to be. It needs to be Chris Money with Prime Capital making millionaires. There you go, baby. Doing, man. That's what you're doing. <laughs> trying, our, trying our darndest, you know, trying yeah. our darndest. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah, man. I mean... If you, first of all, if you haven't listened to Dave's episode, uh, you got, you need to go laundromatresource.com slash show two. You have to go listen to it. It is one of, if not the most loved episodes of, uh, you know, of everything. And then go check out his YouTube. He's got a YouTube channel. Uh, and just search laundromat millionaire and you'll check him out there. Uh, he's got a ton of great content. He is doing some awesome, awesome things. And Absolutely. he's an awesome guy. To boot. Yep. So make sure you check him yep. out. Um, and let's, I mean, let's talk to the man who made Dave. I mean, the laundromat millionaire, you're the man who made him. So I'm giving you all the credit. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what, Dave, Dave worked hard for everything he has, right? Yeah, we just did. assisted him along the way and we believed in what he was. I mean, guys, former lineman, right? For years. And, and all of a sudden says he wants to get into this business. And, and that's the passion that somebody like Dave has. I would say to your listeners out here, that's what we're looking for. Okay. If you're somebody that says, hey, I want to get into the business because I've heard a lot of good things about laundry, that's a great start, right? But Dave's passion, when you meet with him and you see him and the way he talks on the forums and the way he talks about people that he's met and his ideas, maybe he doesn't hit a home run every single time, but his ideas, he's just, he's a wealth of ideas, right? 
So as an investor, you want to see that, right? You, you don't want somebody that just thinks that they're just going to get into the business and sit back and make money, right? It's all about growing and crushing the competition, right? And that's, that's Dave. And there's a lot of other folks like that that are out there in the business as well that are just like him. So it's, he's just one example, but, but that's what we really like. We love the passion. We love the ambition. Yeah. I, I love that too. And I, uh, well, Hey, okay. Enough with Dave. I mean, Dave, he's yep, awesome. Yep. So let's, yeah, he's, he's going to get a big head because I know. He's <laughs> <to> me, <so. laughs> um, all right. Well, let's talk financing, right? Okay. Sure. So I get asked all the time, you know, all kinds of questions about financing. So let's, let's sure. talk about it a little bit. Um, what do, what do people need to know if they're looking for financing for a laundromat? I know that there can be a lot of challenges in financing laundromats for various reasons. So what do people need to know upfront about financing a laundromat? Sure. I think one of the biggest misperceptions about financing in the laundry industry is that if somebody has good credit, if they have a 700 credit score or an 800 credit score, they think they can just get right in and, and they qualify for financing. Well, anybody that gets into the business is going to understand right away that, yes, that is a very important part. Okay. Bringing cash to the table is also another very important part because as an investor, you don't want to see somebody say, hey, how can I get the most amount of financing possible, right? Mm -hmm. If you believe in the project and we collectively say, hey, it's a great idea, we want to see at least some level of skin in the game, okay? So liquid assets are very important and need to be brought to the table. Additionally, uh, the financing process is holistically a package of the credit of the individuals as well as the project itself. So for example, if you're going to buy a location, that is a major part of the overall financing package. It's just not, hey, I have good credit, I have some money, I've heard that this is a good investment. It's, hey, let's dive into this location or locations and see what the pros and the cons are of these locations, right? So, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that go along with that as well. When we, when we go uh, with entrepreneurs and we're working with them to, to dive into this whole credit process, right? Um, it's very important that we understand all of the financials that have come in from the existing owners. And too many times I've heard that the owners are selling because they want to spend more time with their grandkids. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's normally not the case. Um, you know, it could be, it could be a contributing factor, but there's something else going on. So what is the big unknown? So that's our job. So I, I think, you know, from an investor that comes into the business, it's not just let me send you some bank statements, let me send you some tax returns, let me send you, you know, a personal financial statement and application. It's, hey, Chris, I've got a possibility on a location here that really does very well. Here are the numbers. It's making X number of dollars per year. Let's get into it. And that's the beginning of the process, Jordan. Okay. That is not the, the end. Like, oh, sounds great. Let's go ahead and get you some money. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, I would also suggest to investors, one of the biggest challenges is when you think you want to get into the business is that you want to fall in love with the first location that you see right away. And most times the first location, uh, you're going to learn the most about your due diligence and you're going to learn so much about the business as a whole, just through going through that due diligence process. Um, so again, it's, it's sometimes challenging for investors that get in because they really think that they, you know, they want to fall in love with something. But I'll give you a perfect example of that right there with COVID. I mean, we, we've had a lot of uh, customers that you would think would never have slowed down on payments, right? Um, you know, college town laundromats, for example. So, I mean, look what happened. That, that fully changed everything. You know, and you would think, oh my gosh, I mean, colleges are gold mines. 
Um, I mean, that's just one example, Jordan. But I think that the the perception that you're just going to send in uh, some financial information, that's really the start of the process. Um, really, we dive in with you, with the investors, with the entrepreneurs to say, hey, let's educate you on this. Let's look at the numbers. Let's ask the seller some serious questions. And let's see if we can make it happen. So, uh, so I would say that those are a couple of things off the bat that uh, you know should be known to any investor that wants to get in. And again, we have the same level of passion to make sure they're successful. We don't want to say no. We don't want to say no, because if we say no, there's no money for us to be made, right? right. Yeah, exactly. We want to say yes. So I think those are a couple of things that, uh, that stick out right off the top of my head. Yeah, but you want to say yes to the right deal, right? You want to say yes 100%. to something that's going to do, you know, that's going to be a positive for the owner because again, you want to make money. So if you say yes to the wrong deal, then you're not making money. The owner's not making money. Nobody wins. And it's just not a good situation. And that's what I like about it, that you're, you're, you're aligned in what you're looking for in that way. Yep. And so you, yep. no, you I really are that. partners. Yeah. I appreciate that. That's exactly what we're looking for. We're looking to make, you know, laundromat millionaires out there. I mean, that's really what we're trying to do. I mean, we're, mm -hmm. we're trying to get people so they can grow their businesses. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this question. I need to take you back just for a second because I get asked this sure. all the time. You know, people start looking for uh, laundromats to buy. And I mean, I really like what you said about uh, not necessarily jumping on the first deal because, man, I, I can't tell you how many people get emotionally invested in that first deal. It's exciting. It's a little bit scary, but they're all wrapped up in it. And, and it can cause you to make a really bad decision. Um, and so don't get wrapped up in it. I love what you said there, but when's a good point in the process for somebody to reach out and talk to you uh, about financing? Do they need to have a location in mind? Do tell, tell no. me about that. When should no, they reach George, out to you? Right away. Again, we're, we're partners here. And if they're going to establish a long-term relationship with us and or others, you know, that are financiers in the business, you know, they want to do so right away. So we can talk to them and look at their level of worth that they have, you know, on paper in terms of dollars and cents, uh, talk about their business mindset, talk about, are they going to be super engaged in the business? Meaning, do they plan to keep their existing full-time jobs if they have them or not? Um, you know, and come up with some level of a, a high level business plan of what they're looking to do. Um, but absolutely. I mean, we, we want them to get engaged with us right away. Uh, we want to understand their mindset and we can obviously look at some of these locations, which some are attended, some are not attended uh, and cater some of these locations and understand what they're looking for to the different people that are looking for them. Right. So not every location, I mean, a, a location that may be for sale may not be for everybody, regardless of whether the numbers make sense or not. Right. And that's something I think that's, that's uh, to be understood as well. Um, but we'd like to get them engaged right away, understand what their long-term vision is for sustainability in the business understand of whether they want multiple stores, one store, five store, what are, what are they looking for? Right. Mm -hmm. Why they want to get in. Right. I don't want to hear that they're sitting back and let's just collect the collect cash. Right. Why do you really want to get in and what do you, what is going to be your differentiator? So helping craft those ideas with the entrepreneurs that are thinking about getting into the business, even before they approach a business broker to look at a location, I think is very important. Yeah, I think that's huge. And I think, I think you're like absolutely right about that why question, right? That why question is key, not just for you as a lender, because you want to see that they're going to be, you know, investing in their business in the way that you're investing, not just financially, sure. but also you know, with their time and their energy. But it's also important for them to understand why. I mean, because it's a big 
commitment, right? Like laundromats are not cheap. Even the cheap ones are not cheap, you know? And, um, so that having that why pinned down is, I mean, that's huge. I like, well, especially in California, Jordan, I mean, the, the multipliers and what I mean for the new investors that are listening to this, you know, uh, the, the multipliers on like a net income scenario in California, you know, it can be five, six times, if not even more, um, mm-hmm. you know, because it's so challenging to try to build new locations out in California. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's understanding these locations too, and helping these folks out right off the bat. Um, so that's what we're looking to do. Just be partners moving forward. Good. Well, uh, I mean, let me ask you this. Do you, do you, okay. Say somebody's wanting to get into their first laundromat. I mean, it can be kind of intimidating to come to a lender and say, I, I've never done this before. I mean, are, do you work with new, new business owners? People oh, absolutely. don't have any experience. And- uh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's, we've given some, uh, you know, presentations to various CLA investment groups over the years. We're actually sponsoring a couple CLA seminars between now and the end of the year. So, uh, we're a manufactured member of the Coin Laundry Association, have been, like I said, since Prime's uh, you know, uh, incorporation in 2014. Um, but yeah, we're absolutely all about helping folks out. So if folks have questions, contact us, talk to us, run locations past us. Um, you know, we, we love going through the scenarios. And again, for the, for the business brokers too that may be listening out there, we're looking to try to make a deal happen, right? We don't want to try to say no. But sometimes some of the brokers in the business don't get all the information from the sellers, right? So, so we ask some of those questions that maybe are not brought out um, up front. So something in a, a business broker package that may not be there up front is how old is the roof, right? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, something that may not be documented is, hey, it's a 20-year lease remaining or 20 years of options remaining. Um, it's important that we, uh, uh, you know, have... Uh, or try to avoid a triple net lease, even though it's very challenging to do in some scenarios, right? So, but, but even if they're going to get into a triple net lease, explain to them what that means, right? And understand the cash flows before they get into that. So uh, HVAC units as well, you know, in California, I mean, they're super expensive, especially the bigger stores. Yeah. Um, you know, when we walk into these locations, you got to look up at the ceiling, you know, even if it looks brand new, you know, ask the questions. So that's what we help these folks out with the unexpected expenditures up front or things that may not be on those original packages that are put together. Um, and we're just asking for them just because we like to do the due diligence, right? But we say, get, get with us new investors. Absolutely. We educate you on the business from our point of view, right? Um, you know, there's always multiple points of view, uh, but we love educating you because again, it's all about developing partnerships. Yeah. I, I mean, that's awesome. I, I like, I like your philosophy about how you're approaching lending, uh, you know, because it can be such a cold industry. It can be, you know, just looking at hard numbers and not, it, you know, that personal touch can be left out of it so often. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But, but bringing that personal touch back in and, you know, and doing it in such a way where you're, you know, you're looking out for these laundry owners, um, not only benefits them, but it's going to benefit you and your company in the long term. So hundred percent. And I think that is the biggest thing here. Right. And, and there's other lenders that are in the business just like us. Right. Totally. It's you have to find who you work best with. Right. And, you know, I'm not out there trying to, like I said, not make deals happen. But again, I'm the advocate for the seller. I'm the advocate for the buyer. We're trying to figure something out here. Uh, sometimes I'll look at the numbers and I'll say, this is what I think the, the for sale price should be of the location based on the sizes of the equipment. 
uh, based on the ages of the equipment, based on the overall package again. And these are just some of the things that we just talk with these, these owners looking to get into the business about, right? Um, so again, just building that rapport with folks. Um, and that's, that's it. Yeah. Well, okay. So let's go back to that new newbie here and who's wanting to get into the industry. Um, who wants to give you a call or or any lender, right? A call and, um, and kind of start that conversation. Is, is there anything that they should be doing or anything that they should have kind of in front of them or have ready for you that would kind of help give you a good idea of how you can help them in any, any prep work that they should be doing? Well, it's always important to, uh, you know, look, look at why you want to get into the laundromat business, right? And understand what, what are you really looking to do? I mean, there's certain people that get into the business that really want to focus on the vending locations, right? What I mean by the vend, they want to focus on the on-site experience, right? So, you know, thinking about the business plan and how you're going to make money and differentiate based on your experiences in other laundromats, I think is the number one issue, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, pickup and delivery, especially with COVID, that is massive, right? Spacing in laundromat locations is going to be a big thing that we're going to be talking about in 20, you know, 2021 here, because these tight spots, you're not going to be having people that are going to pack these laundromats anymore like they have in the past. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Right. So, so, you know, what, what are you going to bring to the table? Uh, like I said, maybe, maybe drop off service. Okay. That, that is not in this particular area. What have you studied in these areas that you think you could bring to the table? Um, pick up and delivery, uh, spacing and locations. I, I think that, that entrepreneurs should be thinking about, Hey, I've observed this in other laundromat locations. Okay. And I think that this is something that if we did this a little bit differently, I can make, you know, uh, uh, an argument to have these folks come over to my location, right? Because the idea, Jordan, really is to crush the competition, okay? I mean, when you go into the business, you want to put everybody around you out of business, right? So how are you going to do that? So you may get a sheet from a business broker and look at it, and you may say, hey, this looks like a great deal, right? But what you may not know is there's a, you know, 10,000 square foot laundromat that's getting ready to be built across the street from you when you buy that location, right? And that's... Yeah, that's 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 a big Where thing, you, right? Man? Where were you? No, no, no. Come no on. That, I needed look, you I'm, on my team. I'm, I'm not <laughs> Karnak, but that's yeah. no Jordan. That's where we're going, right? Yeah. It's it's the smaller locations that are getting crushed, right? I mean, you get the big spacious locations that go in, especially out in California. Seen it, yeah. Yeah. Um, and there are slews of laundromats. I mean, there's it's same thing like in in Florida, right? I mean, there's a lot. There's sometimes in like Southeast Florida. I mean, there's laundromat in three of the four intersections, right? So if so, and, and say they're each 1,500, 2,000 square foot, you put the 8,000 square foot location in, you know, right around the corner, it's over. So mm-hmm. I would just think that, you know, for folks that want to get in, yes, compile your, your personal information, your financial information together, but also think of a plan. What are you going to do to put others out of business? I mean, it sounds cutthroat, but that is the game here. Um, you know, and COVID introduces so many different things, you know, into the new equation here that, uh, um, some of the things we haven't even thought of yet. So, um, just think through your business plan and what really makes you happy and what you think you're going to do to be able to put others out of business. I love that. I mean, I love coming in with, with a plan and, you know, obviously you don't have to have that plan perfectly formulated, you know, before you give a lender a call, but beginning that conversation uh, you know, with yourself or business partners or, you know, whoever kind of you're working with, um, it, it, 
it's going to go a long way to help you. And, uh, you know, we, we, uh, we, you know, we put out a little resource and there's tons of stuff out there like this, but just like we call it a value add checklist, but basically like, how can you improve that business in a way that it's going to attract more customers and expand your business, whether that be adding like a pickup and delivery or a drop off service or, uh, or smaller things, um, or bigger things that, um, don't necessarily drive the bottom line directly, but you know, as in like improving your store, you know, getting new machines in there, getting new flooring in there, even the flooring, you know, it's funny, that's a big Jordan, one. it's funny you say that. So one of my pet peeves going into a laundromat. Okay. And that's again, because we're investing our own money in uh-huh. these transactions. Okay. Right. We walk into these locations and the first thing I try to do is open the door and the door doesn't open the way that I want to. So I'm standing there watching folks trying to butt up into the door with their laundry carts and the door doesn't open the right way. Okay. I got to pull it open. You know, having the door that swings both ways is something simple. Okay. That people are annoyed at. Yeah. the sliders. Like you talk about the intangibles too, like the sliders. I mean, sliders are expensive. There's no doubt about it. Um, but hugely, you know, beneficial potentially. Um, you know, we even talk about locations that don't have air conditioning, right? I mean, there's plenty of locations that don't have it, you know, have the doors open. Simple things like air conditioning make all the difference. So again, to your point, it's not necessarily thinking through this holistic business plan up front, but the little things that could potentially make the difference in getting people to come into your locations. I mean, we go into, I mean, we have some, uh, some entrepreneurs that have contests, okay? Um, you know, free bike giveaways every week. So they put the bikes on the top of the washers and the dryers, right? Um, you know, the, the loyalty on the, uh, on the card systems, right? Um, and especially with COVID, something else for your listeners to think through. We thought dollar coin was going to be this massive hit. Dollar coin is still good, right? But we're seeing a major push over to card systems because mm-hmm. of COVID now, right? Yeah. Uh, and especially with the chain shortages that are happening throughout the U.S. So, I mean, geez, little things like how are you going to make the experience fun in the location? And to your point, Jordan, it's not necessarily, in our opinion, about the bigger machines or the uh, you know smaller machines or whatever it might be. Not maybe not necessarily the big things. But it's about how do you create the experience for the customers that they're not getting in the other locations right now. Yeah. And I think that's the key, right? Is put yourself in the in the shoes of the mom with three kids who has to do, you know, laundry while they're I don't know if you've ever tried to go to a laundromat with kids, man. I, I bring my kids to the sure. laundromat sometimes and even, oh my gosh, even me, I'm like, geez, you know, but thinking through, okay, what's that experience like for that mom? Or, you know, if you're in a college town, what's it like for that that kid who has midterms coming up who, you know, it's got to do their laundry, but has also got to study or, you know, whatever the situation might be putting yourself in the customer's shoes and, and really going through that whole process yourself as that customer, what is it like to open the door? What is it like to find a parking spot? You know, yep. what is it like to transport clothes from the car to, to the lawn? going through all of that and those little tiny tweaks will make a big difference. Make a big difference. Yep. yep. And especially from a financing standpoint, too, since this really is all about financing and educating your listeners about the financing process, a big part of it really is the location itself that mm-hmm. it, and what we think about it collectively after we collectively do due diligence on it. Uh, does the project make sense? So I, I think that the focus, in my opinion, as it relates to the financing process for new entrepreneurs that get into the business is really is this going to be a success for you? Let's do everything we possibly can to help ensure that it is up front. Otherwise you walk away and you don't do it. You go to the next one. 
again, getting back to the whole don't fall in love with the project right out the, you know, the first one out of the gate. Um, but, but the due diligence on the location, Jordan, I can't stress it enough, is a major part of the financing process. It's also a fun part, right? Because sometimes you're going to find, hey, man, this really, this really is a great deal. You know, let's do it. This really makes sense for me. Um, and then again, sometimes it, it may not work out, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, are there, I mean, you've already mentioned like a bunch of things. Um, are there, you know, as, as people start looking for laundromats to buy, are there things that you're going to be looking for in a location that they should be looking for in a location in particular? I mean, I know there's a lot of things. Um, are there any big ones maybe that can, that can help a location? Well, I love out? size. I love size, right? I mean, clearly we, you know, as investors, we want the bigger locations, right? Because they are barriers to entry, right? Mm -hmm. And especially out in a state like California and Florida, trying to put together a large project, six, seven, 8,000 square foot location uh, and thinking you're going to charge a dollar fifty vend and a bunch of 20 pounders. It's just, it's going to be challenging to try to do, right? So um, we like bigger stores, right? We also do like smaller stores, though, too, because in some of these areas, you're just not going to be able to put any locations in at all. Okay. So, what should they be thinking about? Really, I mean, the love for laundry is the first thing. The second thing is just thinking to themselves, hey, who could possibly move into this location? Right. Mm -hmm. So, so rather than getting like a, a, a checklist uh, of information from a, uh, a business broker that has a location for sale, you have to go visit the locations, right? So if somebody's thinking about getting in and saying, hey, I, what are the big things? Go to the actual location, right? Observe the customers, ask questions, right? Go in and ask the customers how they like the experience. Then go into the other locations that are the direct competitors for these stores and ask them what they think about, you know, what would they like to see? What do they like? What do they don't like? Um, you know, and ask the questions of the customers. They'll answer, you know, and, and, and if you're hesitant to want to do that, then maybe this isn't the right business for you. Because again, it has to do with the engagement and how, you, how engaged you are in the business. Um, that's, in my opinion, going to determine a lot of the success. Um, so, so having a willingness to go ask those maybe tougher questions of folks when you walk in locations, I think, I think that's really key, especially uh, uh, for a location you're thinking about buying. I think that's, that's very important. Yeah, I, that's good advice. That's good advice. Well, can you, can you talk me through, I mean, I know there's a lot of little things that go through, so maybe, you know, broad strokes, but can you talk me through um, the process of kind of what it looks like going through from initial conversation with you through, you know, funding, funding alone, closing, sure. closing the deal? Sure. So let's just What's talk about a straight up, yeah, yeah, let's just talk a straight up acquisition for a new entrepreneur thinking about getting into the business, right? So we have an initial contribution. And the first thing that we're going to talk to them about is we're going to say we need full financial disclosure. Okay. And what I mean by that is we'd like a credit application, mm -hmm. a personal financial statement, last two years of personal tax returns. We also want to understand if they're a previous business owner, maybe in this particular business, maybe not. Okay. Um, we love entrepreneurs that want to get into the business that have some level of accounting expertise, right? So they know the numbers a little bit or have some kind of an idea of the numbers of what they're looking for. Um, but we'll just talk to them too about a cash contribution into the business and it varies, right? So there's SBA lending that exists out there for startups. It's certainly challenging to try to get an SBA type of a lending scenario. It does require the least amount of money in to the business. Uh, some of these SBA lenders that exist out there, um, are looking at 10 to 15% in, 
Okay. Um, uh, on a startup scenario, certainly ch challenging because the SBA lending, they're most concerned with the building. So if you're looking for a laundromat with a standalone building, um, you know, I would actually suggest an SBA financing through us, through somebody else, uh, would be a way that, that you could get something done. Um, like I said, the SBA is most concerned with the building and the build-outs of the building or you know, leasehold improvements. Um, but we'll talk to them about their financial scenario. Uh, we'll explain to them if they're a new owner. We're looking, especially after COVID, because COVID did change things. Off the bat, new owners that want to get in straight up with traditional financing are looking at some level of a 30% to 40% contribution into the project up front, right? So if they're willing to put, you know, a level of money into the project up front, they're a candidate to talk to us, right? Um, again, we're going to guide them through, help them understand the different locations that they're going to bring to the table um, and do our best to make sure that they're success, right? Um, so we have these conversations with them. We also try to educate them as much as possible. So our entrepreneurs that come to us, Jordan, you know, they may come to us with five, six, seven, eight different locations as possibilities before we pull the trigger on one, or we may never pull the trigger on one, or they think about getting into a different business because they're discouraged because they haven't found a location yet. And yeah, that can be frustrating. Um, but the process really at that point is we're getting all the, the financial information from the customers. We're getting all the financial information from the sellers. We're compiling the package as a whole. And what we're doing is we're putting a value, in our opinion, based on the competition in the business or in that particular location, uh, the age of the machines, uh, the ability of it to make money. If there's any improvements in terms of additional new equipment that's going to be going in, leaseholds that are going in, we'll put a value of what we think is fair on that store based on what our evaluation is based on the information submitted, right? Uh, at that point, we go into our loan committee, we go into underwriting ultimately, and we say, here's what we have, here's why we think this is a winner type of a transaction. We suggest that this thing move forward. And then we get to a yes or no answer. At that point, we can go back to the business broker or the owner that has a location for sale and solidify the purchase agreement and ultimately work toward finalizing uh, you know, funding, you know, where there's money put into an escrow account uh, and the owner gets paid. Uh, to get out, out of that particular location. So it's not a very complex process, I should say. Uh, I don't want to make it seem complex, um, but the most complex portion of it really is the uh, due diligence that's done on the actual locations themselves to try to make sure that we're hitting a home run. Yeah, thank you for walking through that. I think for a lot of people, it's, a, it's intimidating because they don't really know the process up front and you're kind of, taking one step at a time, but it can feel very overwhelming because you know, if you don't know the, the big picture of where you're going, how you're going to get there. And um, sure. so I, th I think it's super helpful to kind of have a, have a general understanding of what's going to happen when I apply for this loan. And because um, you know, something, oh, yeah, something else to talk about too, Jordan, about credit, right? And, and we've had some folks that have approached us in the past that think that they may not qualify just because they don't think their credit score is high enough, right? Well, we've seen it where there's a $200 medical collection on a credit bureau that could cause a score to go down 50 points, right? I mean, there's a perfectly legitimate explanation for that, right? Um, I can say to you know, entrepreneurs, unless you've been late on a mortgage payment or a home equity you know, payment or filed bankruptcy in the last 10 years, uh, there's really no barriers to get into this business and for somebody like a prime capital to want to help you out. 
So just because you may run your personal credit score through Experian, TransUnion, or Equifax, those are the three credit bureaus, Mm -hmm. and it may not be a high enough score in your mind, don't think that you can't approach us and talk to us about it. Oh, I mean, that's huge because I, I do think that some people get intimidated by that credit score sure. and, and the credit, the credit thing is so mysterious to so many people, right? Like they're not really upfront about what exactly is all going into that. And so being able to talk to somebody who has a little bit better understanding of it, who can say, Hey, actually you just pay this small bill or you do these steps, you know, it, it won't take very long for you to get that credit sure. score up. So sure. hundred percent. Huge. Huge. Well, uh, man, that's, that's big, but you mentioned, um, one of the things that came up, you mentioned, um, and I'm curious about, you know, the world has changed now and particularly the business world has changed a lot. So I'm curious, how has, you know, 2020 and everything that that's brought, um, how has that changed the lending environment, particularly for laundromats? Um, is are there things that you guys are doing differently? Uh, is, is it harder to get lending? Is it easier to get lending? You know, all the, all that stuff. What's, what's this year brought for, for great questions. Great questions. So with our investor, uh, there was a direct correlation when COVID hit, there was a direct correlation with money that individuals brought to the table and put in as it relates to the holistic project as a whole and delinquency rates. Mm -hmm. And because of that, it has tightened slightly. And what I mean by that is that upfront, Jordan, we're looking for a little bit more of a cash contribution into the project as a whole than we did pre-COVID. Credit scoring has not changed, meaning that, you know, if you still have a credit score in the 600s, you could still qualify to be able to do this. Um, Even if you have a credit score in the 500s, and like I said, there's, you know, you don't have any credit and you have a $200 medical collection or whatever it might be on your bureau, talk to us, right? Um, but but certainly certainly the willingness of investors uh, to bring more liquid money to the table as it relates holistically as the overall project uh, has changed. Um, rates interest rates have gone down uh, significantly uh, since COVID hit. Uh, we're seeing the ten-year Treasury at nearly an all-time low. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, right now our best financing rates, we're advertising out there a 4.99% fixed financing rate for 84 months fixed, right? Um, we could go lower if we had to, um, you know, for challenging scenarios, uh, for the stellar credits that are, are going through the local banks, uh, for seasoned owners. Um, but, but that is what has really changed Jordan that, uh, from a credit standpoint, and I'm not just talking credit score when I say credit standpoint, I'm saying from a, from a project standpoint, when you're looking to build a new store, when you're looking to acquire a store, we're looking for a little bit more money in on the front end, um, just to mitigate perceived risk and the loan portfolio uh, as it was uh, you know, during the COVID times. But I can tell you though, what's awesome is even for the stores that we're doing due diligence on that are, that are for sale right now, um, and for our existing owners, things have definitely turned a corner. There's no doubt about it. They're getting back in, in some cases, uh, more than uh, pre-COVID levels. Uh, but it was scary there for a period of time. I'm not going to lie to you. So um, uh, we're seeing some very positive things out there. We still have a lot of our existing owners calling us up right now, asking advice on things. Um, for those owners that are maybe listening to this podcast that have uh, you know, received PPP money, for their businesses, EIDL money, uh, economic development funds from their local, uh, you know, counties. 
Um, you know, we're suggesting they do not use that money to buy equipment that they still go through an entity like a prime capital to, uh, to get a loan for equipment to help expand their businesses and just hold on to that cash um, and, and use lending to help them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, <clears throat> I'm glad you brought those up because that has been, um, it's been just difficult to kind of navigate that whole stuff and to know exactly, okay, what, what's this money used for? What's the best way to deploy it? You know, how, you know, how can I maximize, you know, this opportunity really that it is. And so uh, I'm glad that you brought that up because I think having somebody to, to kind of talk you through that and help explain that process a little bit, I think would be huge. Yeah. And I think too, Jordan, you know, you asked earlier, you know, what are some of the things that an entrepreneur should think to themselves as well, that it's looking to get into the business. Uh, and the question really is how much money are they willing to bring into the project upfront, you know, to make something happen. And then we can tell them based on, you know, their credit scenario, what we think would be, you know, a store price that they should be looking at. You know, I mean, some, some individuals, it's a $200,000 store price, some individuals, it's multi-millions, right? Mm -hmm. um, but having those direct conversations up front, have them, have them touch base with us. I mean, absolutely talk to us, uh, whether it's us or anybody else, uh, we're looking to help them out, right? We want to see them hit a home run up front. And cash really is king to your point too. And we're still suggesting to these entrepreneurs, keep the monies you're getting from PPP set aside, EIDL, uh, local funds, keep it aside. Uh, use folks like us to do your financing if you're going to expand your businesses. So are you guys lending on equipment only or acquisitions? On acquisition portions of things, we're looking at the equipment valuations that are are in the locations. But to your point or to my point earlier about five and six time valuations and entrepreneurs that are listening to this right now, happy to explain all of this to you in terms mm -hmm. of where we're going to value locations when we're looking at them with you. Um, we do lend primarily on equipment, uh, on the acquisition side of the fence, there will be an all asset lien that's filed against that location. We will be in first position. Um, another thing to consider too, Jordan, uh, for entrepreneurs that say, Hey, maybe I don't have enough cash to bring to the table to make this work. Uh, it's always okay to ask the sellers if they'd be willing to hold a portion of the note themselves. So they would be in second position behind us ultimately. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's okay. You know, the sellers, a seller that is, that's another thing too, that's really important for your listeners, a seller that's willing to hold a portion of the note, say if it's a $200,000 store, for example, and we say, Hey, can you hold back 25 or 50,000? We'll pay you 150 now. And then the entrepreneur that buys the store will pay you the remaining, you know, $50,000 over a period of time on your terms that you work out with them uh, to us. That's a good thing. Because if they're, if the sellers are willing to put some skin into the, to the transaction as well, Jordan, that's a positive thing, right? Um, so, so for those business brokers out there that do have on their, you know, sell sheets, seller financing available, uh, that's a very important line item for us. Okay. So that's, that's lucrative. Um, so hopefully that helps out the listeners here too. Yeah. Well, I'm really glad that you brought that up because I get asked about seller financing a lot and, uh, and, and people want to know, you know, do, do lenders, you know, work with, you know, seller financing also, because I think, um, you know, the, the question is, you know, so like if you're buying a house, right, you have to have a certain debt to income ratio. And if you borrow other money to help 
you know, buy your house, that's going to go against it. And, you know, there's all those kind of complicating factors. So, um, so I, so I get the question all the time, you know, can I take out a loan for say 150 grand and get seller financing for 30, 40, 50 grand for the rest of it? Um, and come with a smaller amount or even, you know, very little. That, that's a great question, Jordan. Okay. So for your listeners in the old days, uh, it used to be okay to borrow against your home equity line to use that as a down payment into a project to purchase a laundromat, right? Those days are kind of no longer here anymore, you know, because you're, you're ultimately, you're going to have a payment now, uh, your debt to income ratio, certainly it's going to be, it's going to be higher, right? So what we're looking for really is liquid assets that can be brought to the table, you know, for the contribution into the project, coupled with seller financing, right? I think what's really important, though, is on the seller financing side of the fence, sellers need to understand that they are going to be in second position behind us, right? Mm -hmm. So God forbid there's a challenge with a transaction and a default scenario, the seller is not going to get paid before, you know, we ultimately get paid. But when those things have happened, you know, our, our goal is to try to continue to keep the locations running. You know, we don't want them to shut down. We want the cash to continue to keep going there. So we're going to do everything we can to try to make sure that happens as well. Yeah. Yeah. And just in case somebody's not clear, second position just means, you know, if they have to liquidate the asset or anything like that, you know, the first position is going to get paid first. And then from whatever's left, second position will get Paid Correct. And, yeah. Correct. I'll, I'll, I'll correlate it to the mortgage industry, right? So the, for those entrepreneurs that have a mortgage on their home, that mortgage, you know, your lender for the mortgage is in first position. Okay. So if the, you know, there's a, a default on the home, the, that lender gets paid first. If you then take a home equity line out with a different lender, what they're doing is they're basically lending on the equity value of that home. So they're giving you that money they are in second position. So they will get paid out after that primary lender should something happen. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you for explaining that. Just want to make sure everybody's on the same page. I'm sure everybody knew that already, but um, can, can you talk to me very briefly? And I'm, this is not I'm your area of expertise, but I think that you do touch on this um, and you have touched on this already, actually. Um, can you talk to me about equipment and when you're recommending you know, say you're looking at a location and you're looking at equipment, how, you know, how do you determine, you know, should I buy new equipment? That kind of that stuff. That is such a great question, Jordan. I love thank, it. Okay. Thank you. So, on the, <laughs> <laughs> so on these sell sheets, typically what we're going to see is we're going to see the year the equipment was made. Okay. And there's nothing wrong with used equipment. But one of the things that usually is, is not uh, clearly put on some of these sell sheets is the amount of maintenance costs that these older machines take up. Okay, mm -hmm. So it's very important when we're doing our due diligence, we're putting a number in our own minds to say, okay, these pieces of equipment are from 1995, right? And there's 50 of them, right? The maintenance costs are $1,000 a month. That's not the truth. Okay, that cannot be the case. So what we'll find is that some of these uh, sellers will do their maintenance themselves, right? So they're not actually charging uh, or they're not putting down on their own P&Ls yeah. maintenance costs, right? Yeah. So, so if you're a do-it-yourselfer, you may be more inclined to want to go into a location that has older equipment, reliable equipment, uh, where you can do your own maintenance. Uh, but we're finding that that's more challenging nowadays to try to do. Um, and it, it takes up so much time to do. 
Um, you know, if you've been in the business and you've worked in stores before, you've done maintenance and you now want to be an owner of a store, that's great. Okay. Get in, do your own maintenance. But, you know, obviously some of these older machines are just like cars, uh, in general, you know, where there's a little bit more maintenance as they age. Um, so there's not necessarily Jordan, a recommended, uh, year, um, you know, where you want to upgrade, but that certainly is taken into when I talked earlier about the holistic financing process, that certainly is something that we do talk about, you know, with the entrepreneurs that are interested in stores, because if, if, you know, like I said earlier, you may look at a sell sheet and say, man, this sounds like a fantastic deal, right? You may have to upgrade that equipment because maybe one of the competitors, not necessarily because you don't know how to work on the machines, but maybe a competitor down the street is already going through an equipment upgrade, right? And you need to be marketable to that, to those individuals that are going to go to that store. Um, so that absolutely is part of the due diligence when we work with the owners. We look at the maintenance costs. We come up with our own reasonable maintenance costs uh, if they're not on the sell sheets that we think is, you know, for the machine mix that's in a location right now. But certainly if, if you're talking, you know, I don't want to give an age because I don't want to offend anybody out there, <laughs> right. but, but it's, it definitely is something to consider. Um, and with the competition too, like I talked earlier. You definitely need to go into these competitive locations and see what they have, see what they're charging, and know how you're going to compete against them. So if there's a location down the street from you that has brand new equipment in it, and yes, you may have older equipment and reliable, you know, you may want to think about as part of the acquisition, let's go ahead and throw some new equipment in there as well, or refurbished equipment uh, that may have lower maintenance costs on it. Yeah. I mean, people like shiny new things. So, I mean, it's a, it's a huge deal. And the other, the other factor, I'll just throw this in, uh, because related, the other factor you have to consider if you're, if you're considering a store with older equipment and you're considering not, you know, upgrading it because you maybe you want to do, you know, maintenance yourself or you, the store can afford, you know, that uh, higher cost of maintenance, that's fine. But you also need to kind of factor in, it can't last like that forever. So you need to factor in, you will most likely be replacing that equipment, especially if it's 20, 25 years old already, you're not going to be able to sell that store with equipment, you know, that old. Plus if you run it for another five years, you know, it's getting up there. Um, So all that, you know, to say something to consider, you know, when you're looking at a store with older equipment, uh, you know, not just the immediate benefit of, you know, putting in new equipment, but also, you know, you got to think long-term about your business, uh, you know, so just something to consider. Want to throw? In. Yeah, Jordan, totally agreed with you there. And one other thing I'd like to throw out there too, for some of these investors that are listening is if I see a sell sheet and the equipment mix is, you know, one or two years old, I'm thinking to myself, well, why is the seller selling? Right. I mean, what, what are the, what's the deal? That's where you may have to think to yourself, huh, is there somebody going in across the street, down the street, somebody else retooling around the corner, bigger location? Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, that's all part of the due diligence process. And you may not catch everything, right? You may not. But that's where we, we go in and we try to make something happen. But you have to try to think about the unknown constantly for long term sustainability. Yeah. And I think that's a great point. And it's one of the reasons that I always recommend you know, make sure that you're talking with people that know the business because there's so many gotchas. And like we've been talking about this whole time, if you get in right, the sky's the limit for you. You know, 
laundromat millionaire is going to have lots of company, right? Um, yep. But if you get in wrong, if you get one of those gotchas and, and it takes you down early, it's really hard to recover from that either within the business or if you end up having to dump the business, it's hard to recover that financially. Jordan, you're still right. I, I, I cannot stress that enough, just like you, right? I mean, and it is going to be frustrating potentially for new investors that get in right away. There's no doubt, right? You fall in love with this. You think it's a great deal. And you just want to get in so bad because your heart's set. Maybe you've already thought through your business plan, but it may not be the right thing for you, right? Again, in our opinion or somebody else's opinion. So again, we're just trying to do everything we can to make sure these entrepreneurs hit a home run on the first location. They have to. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I mean, it's one of the reasons I love the idea of working with a lender who, you know, specializes in the industry, who knows the industry in and out, who is aligned with you. If when you succeed, they succeed. When yep. you grow, they grow. And uh, man, it's just another set of eyes and watching for those gotchas, helping you develop that plan, helping you crush that competition, um, and ultimately helping you succeed. So, yep. Yeah. And, and like I said, I'm out in locations pre-COVID. I was out in locations all the time with new investors, with seasoned investors that we already have multiple stores with. And, you know, I love going. I love looking at the competitive stores too. I mean, that's what we do. Post-COVID, it's been certainly challenging to try to get out as much as we did in the past. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a little new now. But, uh, but I would say these folks have to visit these stores and check them out. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I have, uh, I have one or two more questions. And then we have a couple of little segments that we like to do that I'm really curious to get your take on. Um, but, but before that, is there anything else that we need to be talking about right now? You know, you're, you're kind of the expert. I've been, I've been taking notes. I have been learning a lot. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing so much already, but is what else do we need to be talking about here? What else do people need to know? Entrepreneurs need to know. about Well, lending? well, I'll tell you what about the lending process. It's, it's sometimes not as easy as one may think because originally when I said, you know, you're going to send over all of your financial information Okay, even if somebody's willing to come to the table and they say, I, you know, I'd be willing to pay cash for this location, okay, which I've heard before, right? That's fantastic. That's great. Hold your cash, all right? Mm-hmm. Um, what they need to understand too, it's not just their personal credit experience and it's not just their previous business ownership experience, should that be, you know, part of it. It's not if they have an existing full time job, it's not if they make a lot of money currently right now. Every single store is its own project, okay? So the most frustrating thing sometimes for folks that come to the table is they have their heart dead set on getting in and, you know, they have a great credit scenario, but the project may not be the best one for them in our opinion. Um, So sometimes I would say, and and recently, okay, especially post-COVID when we're looking at some of these numbers for these locations, you know, sellers, some sellers are not you know, coming forward quickly with, you know, updated numbers from mm-hmm. post COVID, uh, not everybody, uh, uh, just a handful of scenarios. Um, but you know, we want as much information as possible to make a, a rational decision on our end. Uh, just understand that the lending process may take a little bit longer uh, than what it did take, you know, pre COVID. Uh, there's certainly some things that uh, we were able to do that we certainly can't do post COVID. And what I mean by that is, you know, cash contributions in the project were a little bit less than where they are now. Um, But also we're looking at some of these stores to your point earlier, Jordan, about the older equipment, Um, you know, looking more at the competitive uh, environment out there with these stores. 
Um, it, it's not going to be a you know week, two week long process. It may be a four week long process once you start do, do, doing due diligence on, on, on these locations. So, um, you know, again, great personal credit doesn't necessarily mean, uh, you know, a week long financing process. And I know that's frustrating for folks out there. Yeah. It, I mean, I get that. And, and it is, and I, I think there's always, whenever there's financing involved, there's always, you know, you got to go through the red tape, you got to jump through the hurdles and you know, you, you get, you get picked over a little bit, you know, cause people are looking at your scenario, your financial scenario and the business scenario. Absolutely. Um, a question that just popped into my head that I think would be really relevant uh, actually is kind of on the flip side of everything we've been talking about. What about those? Uh, what about those owners who are thinking about selling here in the next year, two years? What can they be doing to make it more likely that you or somebody is going to be able to finance a buyer for their laundromat? Yeah, I think that is such a great question. Um, you know, really, what we're looking for is when we're doing due diligence, we're looking for as much information as we possibly can get on these locations. I mean, the seller's handwritten notes about their you know drop offs. Uh, you know, love those. Okay. Um, but really like if, if you're an owner and you're right now a hands-on owner and you're not paying yourself a salary, you're doing all of your maintenance yourself. These are things that we consider when we're looking at a location. Okay. Cause these are owner benefits, obviously. Mm -hmm. And some of the folks that may be looking to buy these locations may not be the ones that are going to be doing that. Okay. So having your financials in line, being willing to come up with all of the utility bills for the last 12 months, I think that's certainly important. Um, uh, the, uh, another thing that's really important to us as well is the actual age of the machinery, the models, uh, the then prices on the machine, basically trying to back into the profit and loss that, that the sellers are providing. So if you're a seller out there looking to put your store up, um, you know we're looking for consistency year over year, right? We're looking for not necessarily the most detailed records, but we're looking for uh, the standard things that you would see on a P&L, right? And like I said, the owner benefits have to be added back in uh, if they're not on the P&Ls right now. Um, we're not necessarily looking for a balance sheet, okay? I don't need to have any balance sheet. Uh, QuickBooks P&L is just fine, right? Mm -hmm. um, uh, utility bills. We, we have the ability to back in. We know how much water these machines are using. Uh, we have had in the old days, although I... Thankfully, we have not had this recently, but folks would go in that think they're going to sell their stores and they run their water meters all night, right? And they, or they run the machines and, you know, they're trying to make it seem as though they're doing more business than they have. Uh, we're, we don't see that uh, as much anymore now than we did in the past, but, um, uh, but we're just looking for the information that, uh, that we're asking for, right? We're looking for uh, the last two years of profit and loss statements for the locations. We're looking for the last 12 months of utility bills. Uh, we want to know if there's any ownership benefits that are not listed on your P&L. Uh, handwritten notes of, of drop-off and delivery services, great. Love those. Um, we want to know the age of the machines, the models of the machines, and the vend prices on the machines. And uh, you know that pretty much covers it. But, but I can tell you, Jordan, sometimes it's, it's challenging to try to get the ages of the machines because the owners say, well, I don't know how old it is just give us the model numbers and approximate, right? Um, you know, so, but, but just getting to that point sometimes is challenging for, uh, for owners. I mean, there's locations too that some sellers say, oh my gosh, my dryers are 30 years old. I mean, I don't, 
I can't tell them their dryers are 30 years old. Yeah, you can. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but, but full disclosure, right? No secrets. That's, yeah. that's the big thing. And, and that goes for the new investors that come into business as well. Just be, just be frank with us about what you're thinking about doing. If you want to get into laundry and you're thinking about something else too, great. Right. Um, but, but full being willing to, to do full financial disclosure on the seller side of the fence is, is something that I, I'm trying to make the transaction happen. I'm not trying to not make it happen again, because there's no money to be made for anybody unless it happens. So I'm trying to get to a yes with the information I'm asking for. Yeah. So, so work with you. So I'm hearing, you know, have as much information as, as possible and keep good records as much as you can. Uh, we do have some free tools, laundromatresource.com slash resources. I'll put a link in the description, uh, you know, that you can go check out. There's a worksheet there where you can go and write in all the model and serial numbers. Just keep everything neat, tidy, organized. Um, it'd be an easy one sheet to just hand a lender or a broker or, you know, a buyer of your laundromat, um, some other tools there. So go check those out. Um, man, I mean, that's, that's super helpful because I think that, that side of it gets left off a lot, you know, in terms of how to sell your laundromat. And a lot of times when you're, when you're buying, it's your first time buying, but when you're selling, it's also a lot of times your first time selling. And, you know, there's obviously things that you can do to, you know, improve the value of your laundromat and to make sure you have a smooth transaction and to make sure you can find a buyer who can actually purchase your laundromat. You know, Jordan, something else to, to talk about with the sellers too, is that if, if there's a location that's for sale for, you know, $200,000, for example, right. And we disagree, right. We are more than willing to talk to the sellers and the sellers may not be happy. Okay. We may come up and say, it's, we think it's worth 180, right. And sometimes the sellers are not too happy. And what we do is we talk to them about our rationale for it. They may want to look for somebody else to buy the location and that's completely okay. But see, I'm an open book. I have no qualms about holding anything back. I, I want to get to a yes constantly. And my, my deal with a business broker, with a seller is not to try to get to know ever, right? It's just, let's try to get the information that we can to make the best decision for this particular entrepreneur that's coming to the table that wants to buy it right now. And sometimes, I'll tell you what, Jordan, sometimes they'll sell for 200 and we're saying, oh, wow, this is, we think it's worth 250, right? Which is great. Um, so it, it does work both ways, but, but getting the information from a seller. And if we ask questions, don't, ha don't get mad at us, right? We're, yeah. we're not trying to get to a no. We're, we're really trying to make something happen for you. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Don't be offended. It's just, yep. that's, that's how businesses are valued, right? You got to have okay. the numbers and you know, our industry traditionally has been very difficult to get accurate numbers. So if you're really looking to sell your laundromat, one of the best things that you can do is give accurate information, accurate, transparent information, because that gives you a ton of credibility. It makes buyers feel at ease. It makes lenders feel at ease. Everybody feels good about it because you have accurate numbers and you can sleep well at night too, because you, you know, you're just, you're being honest. You're being you're, you're having integrity and that's what it's all about, right? You don't need to step on anybody or, you know, burn anybody in order to get ahead. You know, look at Dave Menz, laundromat millionaire, yep. right? So absolutely. Great guy. Um, absolutely. Awesome. One quick question about your company in particular. Uh, where do you guys lend? Do you guys lend all over certain States? What do you, sure. 
We are nationwide. So Prime Capital Lens uh, in all 50 states. Uh, we, I know you're in California. We are registered yep. with the Department of Business Oversight as a lender out in California. So uh, you know that's, right. that's a big thing out there, right? You have to be registered in, in that particular state to be able to lend money. Yeah. We like to do that in all the industries. We like to make it real <laughs> tough to do business around here. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you what, once you get signed up out there with them, it was not a big deal once we, once we got it taken care of. But uh, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was fun. Uh, I'll leave it at that. Um, but yeah, all 50 states. And, you know, we, we do acquisitions, we do refinancings, we do uh, straight up uh, financing for replacement equipment, retools. And you asked earlier, Jordan, what do we finance? Really anything with a serial number that goes into a location uh, is something that can't be financed. Awesome. Tables and chairs, obviously, too, right? But we typically want to have those financed with serialized assets. Right. Right. As a, as a part of a, a package. Correct. Um, Correct. Yeah. Well, I love hearing that you're doing all 50 states, you know, for the listeners, because we got people all over uh, listening, which is really cool. Um, but more selfishly, one of my goals is to buy a laundromat in Hawaii. So I will be calling you when I find that because I really want to expense my trips out there. <laughs> I'd love it. I'm going to be traveling out there too then. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. We'll all just benefit, write those expenses off, heading out to Hawaii to check out those laundromats and it'll be great. Absolutely. Great. Absolutely. Oh, that's another thing too, Jordan, really quick. Uh, you know, you asked about the sellers too. What we find sometimes too is... You know, all of us don't want to pay taxes, okay, or pay the least amount of taxes possible. We see that sometimes sellers put personal expenditures in their numbers, okay? So their numbers may not look as good as they do. That's okay, okay? Even if they're looking to sell, just disclose to us if there are some personalized expenditures in there. One thing I do want to make clear is I am not an IRS agent, okay? So anything that is told to me uh, is not going any further than going to me, all right? And it's not going to the IRS. So, uh, you know, as, as far as disclosure, uh, don't hesitate to, to let us know if some of that stuff does exist out there. Yeah. Awesome. I think that's good. That's good input. And sometimes that line can be a little blurry with businesses too. So Absolutely. It's better, better to, you know, let, let the lender know and, you know, let them kind of help you decide what's, what's what. So I'll just Absolutely. It but yeah, I think that's a good, that's a good word. Um, all right. Well, I mean, I still have a couple of questions for you, so don't go anywhere yet. But anything else that you feel like you need to address, we'll we'll get to how people can get a hold of you kind of at the end. But in terms of lending, anything else you feel like you need to address? I think those are some of the big things. You know, I mean, I did mention earlier about the, some of the intangibles for the locations when you're doing due diligence. You know, take a look. Uh, don't hesitate with the landlords when you're doing due diligence to say, hey, I want to go up on the roof. Uh, don't hesitate to have a, you know, an HVAC professional go with you and check out the HVAC units on the roof. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't hesitate to have structural engineers come if there's a building involved and, and check out the building and check out the integrity of the building. Uh, don't hold back. Don't, don't assume throughout the process, right? Um, trust, but verify. And again, it may not be a seller that's holding anything back. It may be something that they don't even know about, right? Uh, I mean, I've had sellers that have tried to, uh, you know, they said, hey, the HVAC unit was replaced, you know, four years ago. You go up there, it's a 25-year-old unit, right? And again, not their fault. They were told uh, that, that it was replaced, right? So again, you have to really look at some of these intangibles when you're going into a location, uh, doing the due diligence on it. And, uh, and with the lease, too. I didn't mention the lease enough earlier. Understanding what everything on the lease means. Um, I'll mention this, Jordan, that uh, I think is another important point before we go on here, that um, 
some of these leases have clauses in them that state that within 90 days, should an entity such as a Walmart come in and purchase a strip center, for example, the lessee has 90 days to evacuate the premises. Well, you can't just move a laundromat across the street, right? You're done. So I think these are some of the things when you're in, 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 I mentioned triple net lease this morning, certainly not a deal breaker by any means, um, but really understand what the lease means and some of these clauses that are in the leases, ask questions about them because that in that particular case, I mean, you could be completely out of business, especially if the, uh, you know, strip center is to be sold or capacity of the strip center is currently at 50% and has been consistently at 50%. Um, just really just do your own due diligence with us and we'll do it with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but just some of the things that you're maybe not even thinking about, you're thinking, ah, the, the rent, not too bad. You know, it's, it's pretty good. You know, we're making, you know, we're going to make a lot of money a year. It's all about trying to make more money. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a huge, I mean, that's, that's so wise. And you know, you, we get fixated on the the number a lot of times, uh, but you got, you know, your price and you got your terms, your, your lease, your, your rent amount, and you got your terms of the lease. And both are equally important, if not terms being more important even. You know, Absolutely. So, and those are the things that can easily get glossed over or, you know, you know, explained away or any of those things. So it's really important that you do understand that lease. Yeah. And something too, Jordan, is that the existing owner, the, or the person that's selling, they may not even know that some of those things are even in the lease. You know, it's been assigned over to them. They didn't do their full due diligence. So when you bring it to their attention, they may not even know about it. You know, you'll send over a lease that's, or they'll send you a lease that's 30 pages. They're just, again, looking at the number of the monthly payment. They may not even know about some of these things. So that's, that's okay too, right? Yep. Yep. All good, but you got to know. I mean, it's the name of the game know. is, you know, getting as much information as you can before you get in, before you close on that thing, it becomes yours because you want to know what you're getting into as much as possible. And like you mentioned <laughs> earlier, you might not catch everything, but you want to catch the big things for sure. And you want to catch as much as you can for sure. Yes, sir. Awesome. Well, I'm excited about this. We have a little section called secret sauce. Listen up. It's the secret sauce. And I'm excited because you have a very unique perspective. You know, you're, you're looking at all kinds of laundromat deals. You're helping all kinds of laundromat owners and would-be owners. But Secret Sauce is directed towards current owners who own laundromats. And, you know, the question is, it, you know, is there one thing that maybe you could point to that really helps laundromat owners succeed, thrive, you know, do well in the business, grow, um, that they can you know, laundromat owners can implement into their businesses or their lives or their mindset or anything like that right now? Post-COVID, there's certainly a lot of things, right? Spacing in laundromats, that has to be taken under consideration. Uh, Card systems. Uh, I was not a proponent, especially in California, Florida, uh, a year or two ago, Jordan. I'm like, I don't believe these card systems are going to work in these locations. It just wasn't, right? Mm -hmm. Now more and more, I'm seeing just card system transactions coming across, right? People want to do card, right? And loyalty programs and build a brand. Um, I think those are things to consider. I think the passion uh, is, is a big thing that continues to uh, uh, be big, you know, for laundromat owners that are most successful. Uh, another thing is the pickup and delivery uh, drop-off services. I think that's something, too, that is uh, more prevalent. Folks that aren't even thinking about it now should be thinking about it. Uh, but really the secret sauce is understanding, thinking ahead, okay? Thinking what could be. 
um, you know, for those owners right now that are complacent in their existing locations, okay, uh, you have to be thinking about upgrading, all right, especially if you have a 1500 square foot facility, um, and you know, there's not much around you, somebody may come in and take you out, right? So even though you're doing great right now in the locations that you're in, always thinking ahead and having, you know, your sales reps, your distributor partners working with you, um, you know, folks like Jordan, like myself in the business, talk to us, talk to others, uh, talk to your peers on, uh, you know, on the CLA forums, talk to the individuals that are in the business right now, see what they're seeing, listen to what they're talking about. That's the secret sauce, Jordan, you know, trying to stay that one step ahead because somebody out there is trying to put you out of business right now right? Or thinking how they can or a distributor uh, that's not in a particular territory right now is saying, I'd love to get in here, right? Let's find an entrepreneur to come in and put this in. Um, so the secret sauce is, again, not being complacent, thinking about the things that post COVID are certainly extremely important to customers, visiting the locations, visiting your competitors. You may not even know that your competitors have upgraded their equipment a month ago or two months ago, right? Mm -hmm. Some of these equipment, you know, uh, retools are happening literally in days now. Uh, staying ahead of the game from that standpoint and just understanding the competitors is really important too. Yeah, well, that that was more than just secret sauce. That was secret sauces. <laughs> that was a whole host of them, and I loved it because um, I think you're right. I think, you know, all those things are just so important, and particularly the thinking ahead because I think laundromat I mean, it's just, it's so easy to put it on autopilot. So easy to put it on, you know, coast mode and to keep doing the things that you've always done that have always worked. And, you know, the world's just changing so fast, right? Especially this year. Um, oh, no you, doubt. You do need to be thinking about, you know, the future and what's ahead and how you're going to adapt and evolve and change with it. So. Yep. No doubt about it. 100%. Cool. Well, we have another section that we like to call pro tips. Pro tips and pro tips is directed more towards the people who are looking to buy their first laundromat. And I mean, you've given a ton of tips already. It, you know, is there maybe one that stands out um, for the new investor, the new entrepreneur who is wanting to buy their first laundromat that'll help them get started in the right direction. Okay. So <laughs> pro tip in my opinion is, and I've said this earlier, Jordan, do not fall in love with the location you think you want first. All right. Case in point, an entrepreneur comes to the table. They live two miles down the street. It's so easy for them to say, oh, my gosh, this location's up for sale. I used to go here as a child. You know, I used to work at this laundromat 10 years ago. That may be the one that's going to be out of business ultimately because something else is going to come in and take it out. OK, so I think that it's really important not to fall in love with a location. Let the numbers do themselves. Let the numbers speak for themselves after you do the due diligence. Uh, and understand that you may not get into the first location, the first three locations, the first five locations, the first 10 locations that you do due diligence on. Uh, it may be a longer process than that. So, so don't be discouraged if you don't find what you're looking for or hear what you think you want to hear right away. Uh, we're here to help you. Uh, there's a lot of resources out there that are here to help you. Uh, and just if you really feel passionate about getting in, wait for the right opportunity. Don't feel, don't try to push an opportunity that could potentially be a challenge for you down the road. Yeah. Excellent pro tip. I probably have that exact 
coaching call at least one time a week. I had that coaching call yesterday where somebody was like, there was a, you know, there's a laundromat down the street from me. And, you know, it seems like a good deal and it does seem like a good deal, but it seemed there's something going on with it. Right. I don't know what it was, but I said, Hey, look, we got to get more information on this deal because Hey, it might be an awesome deal, but there's just something that's not quite right about it. But it was a mile down the street from his house. You know, you can easily paint that picture, paint that vision of, man, I can just swing by on my way to work and then I can swing on my way home. And that's awesome. And if it works out, that's nice, but it's not worth buying the wrong deal. You know, because again, I've done that and it, it's a lot more painful to buy the wrong deal than to wait it out and do the work to find the right deal. Jordan, 100%. I mean, it is crazy. I hear the same thing all the time too. And it's so discouraging, right? When you say, hey, we need to get more information. Totally get it. But it's a business decision. So you have to treat it as such. Yeah. Huge, huge, huge pro tip. Heed that advice if you're looking to buy a laundromat. Heed it, please. It'll save you a lot of trouble and pain and money. Take my word for it. Um, the last section that we have is called uh, just recommended resources. And, and you know, do you, do you have any resources that you recommend uh, to owners, to, you know, future owners? Um, you know, it could be a book or a YouTube channel or whatever. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, there's a podcast individual, Jordan Berry does, it's uh, laundromatresource.com. So obviously, oh, that's man. one resource, right? Somebody uh, just booked their trip right back on the show later. <laughs> <laughs> no, excellent resource, right? I mean, you know, having a podcast, beautiful, right? Uh, but really, the Coin Laundry Association is a great place to start for the entrepreneurs. Like I said, I've, I've done uh, workshop presentations for the CLA in the past. Uh, you know, the CLA is, is the advocate of the business. They have white papers, they have gold papers, they have uh, a lot of things you can study to try to learn the business. Um, you know, they have a forum section. I always suggest, I know you do too, Jordan, you know, the, the forums uh, are a great place to learn from other owners. Uh, develop rapport with some of those other owners. I think, I think that's really the best place you're going to understand how, how people think, right? understand what it's like to be a laundry owner. So to our point a minute ago uh, about the pro tip, um, you know, you may think that you're going to buy a location down the street. You're going to go to it in the morning. Then you're going to go to it in the afternoon. That necessarily isn't going to be enough to differentiate you and make sure that there's, uh, you know, barriers to entry for, for your competitors. Right. So understand what some of the other owners out there in various parts of the country are seeing uh, and, and be engaged with your peers. Um, you know, uh, I think that's a really good place to start. Uh, if you're thinking about getting in and understanding what they're seeing and you can browse these forums and see what these other owners are talking about. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome recommendation for resources, man. I got one more question for you, but before I ask it to you, it's, been awesome having you on. I think this is going to be super helpful for so many people um, because that, you know, the financing is sort of this mysterious thing that a lot of people just don't understand and are intimidated by. And, you know, it's, it's hard to open up your financial situation to someone. And so having a, you know, having an idea of who you are for one, I think is huge. Um, and how you want to do your business, which I love, you know, as, you know, positioning yourself as, on the same side, uh, interests aligned and, you know, and having that kind of consulting, uh, consultative. Yeah. I'm gonna go with consultative uh, approach to, uh, lending is, 
it's just, it's so helpful and it kind of puts people at ease, I think. So thank you so much for coming on. My last question for you is I know for a fact that people are going to want to reach out to you to get a hold of you to find out more information and hopefully to work with you. Um, so what's the best way for people to get in contact with you? Well, that's a great question. So we're all Thank over you. Facebook. We're all over Twitter. Uh, goprimecap.com. So goprimecap.com. Uh, they could call us 630-884-8900. Select the financing option and ultimately try to do business with Chris Money. I mean, we're, we're in the business to try to make you money. So, uh, you know, we have a lot of, uh, a lot of fun times. Uh, we've got a lot of great customers over the years. And again, all I do, all Chris Money does is finance laundromats. That's my, that's my job. So I'm your advocate. So touch base with us. Give us a holler. Yeah, definitely do that. And uh, man, Chris, again, thank you so, so much for coming on, for sharing your wisdom, for sharing your insight. You came with a ton of value that I know is going to help a lot of people. Really appreciate it. And uh, looking forward to having you back on since you, uh, thank you, Jordan. you know, you buttered me up a little bit. So uh, we're going to go to that, that trip to Hawaii soon. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I'm going to have lots of consulting <laughs> needs out there too. Put a month out there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We will talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Jordan. All right, guys. I mean, geez, Chris really, really came with some amazing, amazing detail about laundromat financing. Um, things, I, I hope you learned something new. Uh, I know that I learned a ton new. I was taking notes during that whole interview. Um, he really, really broke things down really well. And you can tell he's excited about what he does. You can tell he really, really wants us as laundromat owners to succeed. And I love that. And I can, you know, just, I can just tell he knows his stuff and he, and he wants to put it to use. So I just want to encourage you, whether or not you're in the market for um, some financing right now, if you have financing questions, man, just shoot him a, uh, a message, an email, whatever, hit him up on social media, all his links. Um, he shared them at the end there, but I'll put them all in the show notes and in the description if you're on YouTube um, so that you can get in contact with him and ask him about financing. Uh, again, he came with a ton, a ton of free information. I thought it was great. And super big thanks to Chris uh, for, for all that you shared. Guys, as always, I want to encourage you to not just uh, put something into action like we do every single week. Make sure you're, you're finding one actionable thing that you can do, um, whether that's um, pursuing some financing or whether that's you know, we talked a lot about even just preparing your laundromat to sell. Maybe you can start doing that now, even if you're not in the market to sell. There's there's just so much stuff in there that you can pull out one thing to, and put it into action. So not just that, but also the other thing that I want you to do is go to the forums and ask a question and answer a question. All right, I'm done trying to brainwash you for this episode, but don't make me write a rap song and rap for you about this because I will do it if I have to. All right. <laughs> uh, that wouldn't be good for any of us. Okay. Guys, thank you so much. This has been awesome. I have been thoroughly enjoying this entire process. I love, love, love making the podcast and I just can't wait to keep doing it for you guys. So, all right, let's, uh, man, let's go out and make it happen this week and we'll get back together next week for the next episode, which I've already recorded and is incredible. It is something way out of left field that is going to be not just relevant for us, but it's going to be so interesting. It's like, it's like 
so interesting. I'm not even kidding you. Get excited. We'll see you next week. This is Jordan for the Lot of My Resource Podcast. Peace.